listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. We get to talk with our international friends right in studio today, which is exciting. Joining us in studio, the Reverend Dr. Stephen Oliver, serving the Lord in Taiwan and the Asia region. Dr. Oliver, welcome back to The Coffee Hour. Thanks. It's great to be back. It's nice to see you face to face. Yes. It's been a while since we've got to like be in the studio together and yeah. have some time to sit down and chat. Um, you're here on back in the States on home service for a little while. Yes. And so we get some time with you in studio, which is always a, a delight for us just to catch up with, with you and others who are serving internationally. Tell us a little Me bit about too. where you're serving and the, the primary focus of your service. I'm serving in Taiwan, and I teach at a seminary there, China Lutheran Seminary. It's in the north part of Taiwan, and I've been teaching New Testament, Luther studies, and Greek, all in Mandarin, in the Mandarin language, for 22 years now. But changes in the wind now, and we are moving to the south part of Taiwan, the warm southern, you know, kind of rural south and we have our new Asia headquarters there for our mission work throughout all of Asia. It's moved from Hong Kong to Taiwan the last few years. And we'll be moving into the Luther Building, which is our headquarter building there. And there's about 10 missionary families there now, which is a really a critical mass for mission work to get us all gathered there in one building. That may be about half of our Asian missionaries are almost half. And one thing that we're planning is to have kind of a real critical mass of all kinds of work going on there, music, theological education, church planning, missionary training, and then from there to extend out throughout all of Asia. And the reason for the move from Hong Kong was, first of all, financial. It got very expensive in Hong Kong. And then also because of the politics, the strong arm of Beijing was beginning to be felt there in Hong Kong. And Taiwan is still a very democratic, free place that welcomes missionaries and Christianity. And so now that will be our base, which I I think is very good. And my work will have a little bit of a change in that I will be taking these 22 years of teaching and writing it into textbooks. And that will be English. And then the same book will have the whole translation into Chinese. So I'm excited about that because it's something I've been wanting to do for the last few years. And now my work schedule for the next few years just coincides with that that kind of vision or heart, heartfelt thing. There are so many things I want to ask you. So I'm going to start. start let's, let's go back to teaching Greek in Mandarin. Yes. What, that's how a, does that work? <laughs> it works mainly because a large part of the world today— also studies English. Uh-huh. But English and the Western languages from Europe are different, quite a bit different from Chinese, yeah. the East Asian languages. Probably the biggest difference is in the way people think. Mm. There's different ways of thinking. And although we have a lot of modern things today, for example, you go to Taiwan, you they have you know cell phones, computers, and dress like us. And you think, oh, we're the same. We're all sort of in the modern world. But really, there's different ways of thinking. And that really impacts a lot of things. And so as we try to teach that Greek language in Mandarin, we have to depend on a lot about on their English 
understanding. And so we kind of teach it through the English grammar. And doing the comparisons of the language is very interesting. For example, Chinese has no difficult, definite article. Definite article is the. Right. And you can imagine how much the or the is used in the English language. They don't have that. So, so to co- compensate for that is, is pretty challenging. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned that while things may look very similar, like culturally, maybe dress similarly and mm-hmm. many people speaking English, but yet thinking may be very different. Can yeah. you give us an example of that? Help us understand where that difference might be. Sure. The biggest difference, I think, between East and West and it affects a lot of things and a lot of misunderstandings, is Confucius, you know, the main Chinese philosopher, he really emphasized relationships, you know, and the whole harmony of the universe and how things relate together. And whereas the West, and for example, Americans, are probably our favorite word is freedom, (laughs) the freedom of the individual. So Mm -hmm. it's a more individual focus. And that's where Greek science and philosophy had a big impact is researching individual things and understanding the the nature of that individual thing. That's what Aristotle was after, the nature of the individual thing. And so that, you know, that struggle between relationships and the individual is a – the individual freedom is a big thing. On the one hand, relationships could oppress some groups by – insisting that their relationship be under another group. So that's happened. But on the other hand, freedom can get out of control. For example, all these shootings in America, you know, coming over to America this time, I said to my kids, I said, you know, almost every week there's a shooting somewhere in America and and it's indiscriminate. It could be in a church. It could be in a building, you know, out in the street. I just told them, you know, if I tell you hit the deck, you know what that means. <laughs> if you hear the fireworks going, you hit the deck. So anyway, they they don't have that happening over there in East Asia. They're they're concerned about the relationship. What how is this going to impact my relationship with others and the society? Whereas we're really strong on the individual freedom, and I can do what I want. So anyway, both sides have their strengths and weaknesses. But that's where I would say the biggest differences, and it impacts a lot of things, really impacts a lot of things. Yeah. How does that influence, impact, I suppose, the students that you teach at the seminary and, and how you go about teaching them theology and, and all of these things that they need to to move on to their, their vocations? The biggest advice people gave me when I went over there is said, encourage the students to think for themselves. And even the Chinese people, because the Chinese write their name, when they write their name to this day, East Asians, all East Asians, they write their last name or family name first. Mm -hmm. And then their individual name. So they're reminded, think of the family and, you know, the ancestors, the people that are in authority, the authorities of the past first, and then, and put yourself second. Whereas in the West, our individual name is first. Mm-hmm. So we encourage that individual creativity. We tell every child, you could be the president, you know. And so, so one impact that has on education is that they have the tendency to just follow the authority and do it by rote, not think for themselves. Mm-hmm. So that thinking for themselves, that creativity of thinking for yourself and really, what do you want to say, 
digesting and making it your own, that's a key thing. And that's a key struggle that we, that we work for, towards, you know, mm-hmm. because if you're just repeating it, you know, just writing on a test what someone else told you and not really digesting it or making it your own, it's going gonna, it's gonna to leave you. It's going to, you know, you're going to be like a robot, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so 22 years of theological education mm-hmm. in the field and now moving into writing theology textbooks. Yeah. What are some things that you've learned from 22 years of teaching at the seminary level? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I And I think it's a good place to start writing because I'm always going to be thinking of those students in the classroom. And, you know, we've learned some things about through COVID about internet interaction. Mm-hmm. But one of those things we've learned is that you can have a lecture on going on the internet and people can listen to it, but they may be driving their car, washing dishes, and really actually receiving maybe 20% of the the riches of that. But where when you're in a class, you can't be doing other things, you know, to, you know, when you're interacting, you know, with a person in person, you've got to really be plugged into that. And so that plugging in to students for these 20 years of interacting with them gives me a point of view where I'm, as I'm writing, I'm thinking, how are these students going to receive it? How are they going to respond? And I hope that it can be a very practical thing for, you know, for seminary education, wherever, among our seminaries, plus others as well. And so I'm just thinking, okay, sometimes students will respond to it this way, sometimes other way. But I think a key thing that I I really feel is my theme for this furlough this time, it's from Isaiah 55, God's word does not return void. And just a really, you could almost use the word magic, but that would be the wrong word, just a wonder of how the Holy Spirit works through the word in people's lives and the fruit that he brings out of that. That's one thing that I really experience and see all the time, just unexpected things that people receive and they really delight the other Christian, the other believers that are in the seminary really delight in receiving that word. And that, of course, is a big emphasis of our, our theology as, as Lutherans, is that the power of that word, the power of the Holy Spirit working through that word in people's lives. What kind of textbooks are you going to be writing? Well, just based on my courses, one will be an introduction into theology, mm-hmm. kind of a, how do you approach it, how do you think about it, and how do you do research for that? Sort of sitting at the foot of Jesus, if you had the opportunity to sit in front of God's throne and ask him any question, what would you ask? Questions about life that we're wondering. And actually, he's given us a way to to find an answer for that. And, you know, through interpreting the Bible, through researching it, through, you know, seeing what other people have said about it and different principles for understanding it. So that that would be the first book is Entering Theology. The second book is sort of the larger framework that we use to look at the Bible, interpretation. So I'm going to use Luther for that because he was really very particular about finding from the Bible the way that we should read the Bible. So his interpretation method or his hermeneutic is from the Bible. So that's the second book is basically Lutheran theology as a framework for approaching the Bible 
and it's going to hit on all the issues we're familiar with, law and gospel, justification by faith alone, God's grace, justification, sanctification, those key things that Luther plugged into in the Bible. And then the third book will be actually New Testament sort of introduction and theology together, which are courses I've taught all these years. And then the fourth book, which I don't know if I'll be able to accomplish, but I hope is Greek in, oh. in Chinese. <laughs> nice. What yeah. what textbooks are you currently using for all of this? Are there are there resources like for yeah. this in Mandarin or is it English or what is how what does that look like for you? There are. There are. And most of the Theological textbooks around the world now are in English. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, Chinese people write in English, Germans write in English, because that's the biggest market, English speaking. It's very easy to transport around the world. But what are most of our Chinese theological books are translations, mm-hmm. but there are some original, you know, writings. And so this will be kind of a hybrid because I'm not really Chinese but I'm going to be writing it in into Chinese. Right. So with the help of my Chinese teacher, who's Chinese. And so we do have quite a lot of resources, but we really need a lot more. Really need a lot more. We're going to learn more about that in just a moment. We're talking with Reverend Dr. Stephen Oliver, serving the Lord in Taiwan and the Asia region. We'll continue the conversation right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live Uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Eddie Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are talking with Reverend Dr. Stephen Oliver, serving the Lord in Taiwan and the Asia region with the LCMS Office of International Mission. We've talked about the the Lord's work at the teaching at seminary for the last 22 years and now moving into this next chapter of writing theology textbooks in Chinese, yeah. which is no simple task. Mm-hmm. Uh, will you be like... Like hold up in Wartburg Castle doing this, <laughs> or will you be working? Will you be working with a team? How? What is the outlook for this big project? Yes, I mentioned that we moved our Asia mission headquarters to the southern part of Taiwan, the town, the city of Jai. Mm-hmm. So I'll be moving into the Luther Building there with ten other missionary families, and we're sort we'll sort of be like in a Luther castle. I hope in the end it doesn't end up being being that way that we're we have a lot more contact with the you know the local people and the people throughout asia but i may be kind of like luther who just shot off all these you know letters scolding people and everything from the castle you know <laughs> but but anyway we'll i'll have a lot of other duties as well you know teaching translating maybe going around to other countries as we've done in the past to edify the church in other countries. And, you know, that kind of work is very um, tricky. We have to follow what Jesus said. I'm sending you out among wolves in sheep's clothing. So be wise as serpents, but innocent as doves. Mm -hmm. 
as we think about a lot of enemies of the gospel in ideologies like Marxism, which are enemies of the gospel, we need to see how we can go in there in creative ways. And when the doors open, go in, edify the church. When they close, we may, it may be harder. Mm-hmm. So there's a variety of countries around there that we're working with, you know, Cambodia, Vietnam, of course, Japan, South Korea. And we're trying to get in, basically do what we can in almost every country there. Um, some are just very hard, immensely hard, like North Korea, for example. Mm-hmm. But we, we haven't given up on that. The Christian world hasn't given up on North Korea. China, too. We used to be able to go in much more. But in the last years, the doors have closed. And we've seen the leader of China, Xi Jinping, do what Putin, we've seen Putin do, is gather all the power and authority under him, including the military. And a, a lot of people might be interested in how Taiwan people feel about the recent events. When the Ukraine war started, Taiwan people just mostly ignored it and felt, oh, we're not going to be we're not going to be invaded or attacked by China because we've lived under this threat for 70 years, for 70 years. And so they were the least concerned of all the world. It's the people in Taiwan, the least nervous. And they said, why get nervous again? They keep on threatening to attack for, you know, all the time. But in the last maybe few months, three or four months, they've got nervous based on two reasons. One is a prolonged Ukraine war, that it's lasting so long. And the other thing is that China keeps sending its warplanes over, and we actually hear them. We hear the Taiwan F-16s taken off almost every day, scattering to just, you know, chase them away. And so it, it's become a, a nervous thing for them. And I feel like the U.S., I was a former Navy chaplain, so I feel like the U.S. is trying to do the right strategy by deterring sending all these military resources out there to the Philippines, Okinawa, Guam, aircraft carrier groups, and so forth, to try to say, hey, don't do anything. We've got all this heavy equipment and people out there to to face off with you. And hopefully that'll work, that they don't have to come to shooting at each other. But I think that's a reality. And as us missionaries are out there, we're we're just faced with that fact that we could, you know, be evacuated any time. And we want to leave as much of a witness as we can behind. And, you know, Jesus prophesied that there would be wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes and all kinds of things before he came. But he said to believers, he said, other people are going to be really, really worried about this. But you just look up and know that the time is near. So hopefully we can continue on with the Great Commission no matter what happens. And we can just be doing that, looking up to him. Who are the students that attend China Lutheran Seminary? Where do they come from? And, and, and what are their, in general, I suppose, what are the, the plans of those students? Are they, are they going to be pastors? Is this just theological education for their own edification? What does that look like for the students that you teach? I think all of what you said, they're mostly from Taiwan. But okay. we do have some Chinese from America that are coming like Hawaii oh. and also Indonesia, Malaysia. They're generally, they're, they need to be Mandarin speakers. Mm-hmm. But an interesting dynamic that has happened in the last 15 years is that we've had Koreans and Vietnamese come there that have a heart for spreading the gospel to Chinese, Mandarin-speaking Chinese. Hmm. So that's a whole other dynamic. And they it's all theological, but unlike 
our seminaries here, it is also training people to be DCEs, teachers, Mm -hmm. all kinds of work in the church, full-time work. So most of them are looking to go into full-time work, but there are a significant number that are just really going there for their own growth and edification and maybe to increase their serve in their congregations. Mm -hmm. Yep. What do you see as... I lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, that's all right. What are the needs then for looking forward to the future? What are the needs for the the projects that you're working on or for to support the the work that the Lord's work in Asia and particularly in Taiwan? Well, that that's a very good question. And I think our Missouri Synod, you know, members and churches are very generous and abundant in their giving. And of course that that financial com- component is very important, but also besides that, the prayers of people and the encouragement. Just when we're home on furlough, it seems like every church we go to is very enthusiastic about hearing about mission work, which is a tremendous – that's a big part of it. So all the kinds of support and not just financial but in prayer and in enthusiasm and w- being willing to learn about it and so forth. These are all important in – Yes, we could focus on what's not there because, for example, there's two-thirds of our Missouri Synod churches that don't support missionaries on an ongoing basis. And we just had a session this morning here at the IC about that, that we want to focus on the positive. Those one-third that are supporting in the abundance that God has given us and entering into the joy of being part of that mission. So, we that's one thing we want to do is spark these two-thirds of Missouri Synod churches that are not, you know, regularly supporting mission work to enter into that joy, you know, in a positive way, you know, not in a sense of blaming, but in a, in a very positive way. And, and if we can do that, that's going to be an important component of going forward. You mentioned that all of these missionaries will be moving to the same building. Yeah. yeah, that's right. What is that community? What? How does that community benefit you and and the rest of the missionaries having the the support of each other so close? How is that going to to benefit all of you mutually? Well, that I see is already becoming a community, like a, a fellowship of missionaries, mm. and we have one family from Australia you know, associate missionaries in combined with the Australian Lutherans. And then we also have another pastor there who's a Taiwan, our Taiwan partner church pastor. So this group will will be able to edify, mutually edify and learn from each other. And just hopefully we won't keep inward. That's my feeling. That's my hope mm-hmm. as a missionary being there that we'll, we'll branch out, learn the language, interact with the, the local people you know, around Asia. So hopefully we can edify each other and also encourage each other to to reach out. How can we stay informed on the Lord's work in Asia and particularly where you're given to serve in Taiwan? I think the podcasts from KFUO are a good way to start, to just plug into those. And like I mentioned before, we listen to KFUO in, on the radio in, in Taiwan. Yeah. It's really neat to get that. And the podcasts, we, I listen to the other missionary podcasts. So that's a good way. Plus, our, on the website, you can find our, our Office of International Mission. And it's got updates on a lot of things. And of course, a lot of people know of Mission Central in Mapleton, Iowa, Gary Tease. That's also got a website that has 
all kinds of updates and newsletters on there. So just as people just surf the net and look about, look up this information, they'll find videos and, you know, podcasts and newsletters. And, you know, that would be a neat way to, to plug into it. Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Stephen Oliver, serving the Lord in Taiwan and the Asia region. Thank you so much for being our guest on The Coffee Hour. Thank you. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.